Hey everyone, Tom here, Alpha Metallica. Today we are looking back on a show that just actually went down uh, a week ago from us recording this. This is a show in May 7th, Stockholm, Sweden. This is, of course, Metallica's uh, continuing worldwide tour. And this is quite cool, actually, because Emil is someone that I had on the show a little while ago, episode 30. We covered Cyanide. And today we're going to dip back into a bit of Metallica history, a bit of contemporary history. Uh, Emil was at the concert. We're going to review it, going to recap it. Emil, how's it going, man? I'm really good, thank you. How are you, Tom? I'm well, I'm well, man. And, you know, I want to yeah. urge people to go back, check out our little discussion on Sinai, which I think we both agreed is a pretty exceptional track. Yeah, it is really a really good song, actually. I haven't listened to it that much recently. I've had listened to a lot of, of hardwired material right now, but still a great song. Hmm. Yeah, I, we just covered the Nemes concert. Um, I don't know if you've seen that, but they play this on that show, and it's a it's excellent. The middle yeah. section after the solo is just so rhythmic. Um, so yeah. original. But um, let's get to this day then. So yeah. this is the first time seeing the band, was it? Yeah, it was the first time for me. I mean, I was so excited the entire day. I couldn't believe that I was going to see them, and I was like, I was. I got to school early in the morning, like, and went there and went for the half day, and then. Uh, took the train down to Stockholm, which is about a three-hour ride, and then I sat on a train and I was so hyped to go see them. And I talked to a lot of guys on the train who were going to see them as well, and they were super excited to see them. So you make your way to the venue, and were yeah. you some sort of different tier? Of- yeah, um, I mean, I got to the venue at like five o'clock in the afternoon, and that was or like half uh, past four, maybe. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. half past four, and. We got down to the venue and I told my, I was there with my father and I told him that I really wanted to go be there early so I could get to the front like you were and in the end I got there and that's, uh, (laughs) that was a really cool experience but we got there, we had, we we had a dinner at McDonald's and then we went in and got our plastic bags and stuff like that, like you got them and I, I got the poster and the caps and everything so I got two posters from that from the same show because my dad didn't want his and he gave to me obviously but so I got two of them and we stood there in line and we waited for a long long time and uh, I mean it was a pretty unreal experience being there and yes. like yeah knowing it's gonna be, happen in the next hour yeah, or so. that, yeah. it was so crazy I mean uh, standing around there all these Metallica fans and stuff like that and I mean I don't know really what to say, really. Yeah, yeah. And I should say the um, Ericsson Globe, I was just interested to see what it looked like. It's a very unusual building, isn't it? It's a giant sphere. It looks a little bit like Epcot, if people are familiar with that Disney theme park. It has that sort of vibe to it, but more sort of sci-fi and Dr. Robotnik-esque. It's uh, it's pretty unique. Yeah, it's a really unique building. I mean, um, they. It's. I think it's the largest spherical building in the world. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's an arena, and they have a sky lift thing where you can go up and see the whole Stockholm from the top. Like it's a, it's like you take you take an elevator up on around the globe, and you go there. I mean, the it's pretty it's uh, notorious for not having uh, that good of an audio or that good audio inside of it. But I mean, it's a pretty cool building to be in, and it's a cool venue, and uh, you can see like it's due to the the shape of the building it's really cool to see like you could you could see this uh, how how round it is and from the inside and you can see all pe- all people around you and sharing chanting and sharing on um, metallica and kvelatak 
Right, yeah, uh, it is just a kind of mesmeric building, so, yeah, Madison Sphere Garden or something like that, you know, it's yeah. very, very impressive. So yeah, we get to that band then, the support band, Cavella Treg, I can't really say, it's, it's Norwegian tight. for uh, Stranglehold, yeah. and I yeah. saw them as well, uh, obviously yeah. in Birmingham, and I remember my initial review was pretty complimentary actually, I liked the long song forms, I liked the riffing, yeah. it was quite unique. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty unique, like, they're, they kind of have a punk vibe to them, but they have three guitars, and they don't do a lot of solo things, but, I mean, it's a pretty cool band to listen to, and they were pretty fun to see live as well, because they jumped around, and they had a lot of fun up on stage, and I really appreciate that, standing there and seeing them, and I, I mean, I have listened to them, and I do understand the lyrics due to, due to the fact Swedish and Norwegian is, um, it's, it's a similar language to each other, and so I could understand the lyrics well, so I could get a lot more into it than... I guess you could. I mean, you can barely understand what they're saying, but yeah, yeah, no, no <laughs> clue, absolutely no clue. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's nice, nice that they receive there. So, um, and then the band descending, the lights go down. Paint a scene for me. Yeah, I mean, it it took quite a while actually. I think they were late. I would, they were like ten minutes late. But I was standing there next to a guy who had seen them so many times. He he had even like met Cliff and stuff like that. He oh had been God. drinking drinking beer with them backstage like 86 and stuff like that so he he was a real um, real veteran in that sense and I talked to him and he he had been at a few concerts and seen Metallica many times and he had his son there as well with him and um, so while we were standing there we were waiting and it was I was just I just wanted him to, to get get up there because I was standing right where Rob's bass tech was so he was right there and doing and uh, stringing up Rob's bass guitars and stuff like that and tuning them and there were people all around going and touring getting like private tours of stage and backstage the backstage areas and stuff like that hmm. and I was standing there I was and I heard I don't remember what songs they played on out in the um, in the speakers but I remember hearing all those songs and uh, it was they played classic rock songs and then when uh, it's a long way to the top came on, I was like, "It's fucking happening! I can't believe this! It's fucking crazy!" And I'm standing there and just waiting for them to come out, and uh, it was amazing being there. And then seeing them, you know, run through the catwalk. I remember personally seeing Rob yeah. pass me by, and yeah. just surreal that you're you're breathing the same air as them. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty. I mean, for me, it's like they really exist. That's the big thing. Like you mm. see them, and they're like they're they're real. They do exist, for, and that's a pretty strange thing to see. And what knowing what they have done in the past and all the great albums and music they put out for like the, almost forty years now, it, it was just fucking strange. And I remember Rob running towards his bass tech and getting ready to play Hardwired. I got a high, I got like three high fives from him. Mm. Just. And that was really cool, just to be able to touch Rob as well. I mean, because they feel like gods, like they've played so much and they've done so much and they've been everywhere and yeah. Lest we forget, tours are for promotional purposes as well as anything else, as well as entertainment. Thankfully, Hardwired is a great album, um, yeah. you know, or has some great songs on it, certainly. So uh, we get the double punch of Hardwired Atlas Rise. 
um, yeah. which I also encountered, which you know went down well, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, the in the beginning, I mean, the, the they played two shows in Stockholm. The Saturday one, I heard from a lot of friends that the audio out was terrible. They couldn't hear the song, the oh, wow. the singing, James singing and stuff like that. So, and I was pretty nervous. I hope that they fixed that, and they did, thankfully. But during Hardwired and Atlas, they I could not hear James singing at all. At all. But I was there myself, screaming my lungs out. Because I knew all the lyrics to the songs and stuff like that, so it was pretty cool just being there. And I I really enjoy Hardwired and Atlas because they're good songs, and Atlas is especially so like a pretty heavy song, riff centered, and yeah, 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 a great one to break into. I think after the initial Hardwired rush, just continuing yeah. that momentum, and then placing yeah. Seek and Destroy early on as the third song. Mm-hmm. And I mean. That's pretty fun too because Seek and Destroy is a classic. They've usually they usually placed it as an encore, but for this tour they have done it uh, as the, thir- the the third act and or the third song they play. And Seek and Destroy was just amazing being there with all the fans and they're chanting Seek and Destroy. I mean, I mean, I mean, I think you can uh, recognize yourself in that seat. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because you were there as well. Yeah, it's it's a song that just encourages participation. Um, yeah, it's you know, it's a, a bit like creeping death and stuff like yeah. that. But uh, seek and destroy is a bit more. It's a it's a really crowd friendly song with the chanting and encouraging everybody to get into it and sing along and just doing it. And that I I think that's a really good move by them actually to place it so early on to get the mood up really fast with the with Hardwired being just a fast song and Atlas being just a massive massive song as, as well and then going into Seek and Destroy to encourage the crowd to get into it and sing along with them when they're doing all of the things. And the the fourth track is such a compelling track as well. Hit the lights. Yeah, hit I, the lights. We got shorty straw, but I love that you got hit the lights. Yeah, I was really surprised that they played Hit the Lights, actually. I was standing there with my friend, with the guy who had met Metallica backstage and stuff like that. And I was like, I heard the, the pick scratch or the pick slide that James did during, because they did not play the, the drum part, the drum part intro and the guitar intro. They just went straight, straight to the pick slide and into the song. And I was like, what the fuck? They're going to play Hit the Lights? <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So that was pretty awesome to hear them play Hit the Lights because they don't play that too often nowadays. They do take it out sometimes, but not too often. And then yeah. Into Sanitarium, which I remember standing out for me personally when I saw it. Yeah. I think they just do this song so well. Yeah, they play Sanitarium so well. It's just, it's a great track. And I mean, the whole of Master of Puppets is just a great, great album. And Sanitarium especially is like... It's a really calm song, and it mo- it's a it's moving during the beginning, and then they go straight into that fast solo section, and keeping keep on with that through, throughout the song, and it's pretty awesome to hear that live as well. And it's just great to see the band going through it, isn't it, in front of your eyes? You get to yeah, just appreciate was, the song in a different way. That was so crazy to see them actually play the songs that I like listen to myself and stuff like that. I mean, it was such an amazing experience to be there because the tickets I got uh, was a gift from my father. I did not expect to get those tickets. I mean, I had not wished for it. I had my friend had bought uh, tickets for the show, but they were um, just regular tickets where you sit down and watch the, watch the band. But, and then 
it was such a surprise to me that I got those tickets and I'm so glad that he did it because it was such an amazing experience to be there and just just seeing the band and listen to their songs live I mean it was awesome really and the set follows, you know, the familiar patterns of of yeah. our, uh, worldwide. Says so we get now that we're dead. I'm guessing we yeah. got the percussion cubes there. Yeah, they had they okay. the percussion cubes went up from the from the ground and they started playing that. And that's a pretty fun thing to do because it's like they like stop the song and just do that. Dum dum mm. do the chugging on the drums and that's pretty cool actually that they that they're do that they're doing that and they did that for I remember. I remember seeing videos of them doing that during their American tour where they played stadiums and stuff like that. And they did that there as well. And that's where the original idea came from. And then, and then, and then into Dream No More, which yeah, uh, I was heavy. I was, yeah, I was so happy that they played Dream No More because that's one of my favorite tracks from uh, Hardwired. Because, I mean, it's a, such a heavy song and it's like the third part of, you, you know, Cthulhu and then you have the thing that should not be and then you have Dream No More. That's the kind of, the, 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 the I, I liked all those songs a lot, but especially Dream No More because it's so heavy and it's like, it's a bit like sad but true, but yeah. a bit oh, yeah. more modern, so. Yeah, and, and, then, that, and yeah. then Into Bells, which is, I mean, a peerless classic, right? Yeah. I was. Uh, they messed up the intro to Bells, though. Okay. Yeah, Rob. Um, I, he waited like a few beats uh, with his with the with the bass um, the bass line with the bass line. That he waited too long with that, so th- he got off sync, and then he noticed that and just kept soloing, and then he mm. got into it. So they realized their mistake. But I me- I remember James going up to Rob and looking at his fretboard and when he when he played that and he looked so surprised and like mm, whatever shaked his um, just uh-huh. sh- uh, shaked his shoulders and kept, kept kept playing and I mean that was really fun to see them I was like oh man they can't they can't mess up bells but they did but <laughs> and it was pretty fun to see that I mean mistakes happen all the time and it was not Lars this time mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, into Halo on Fire which has become yeah. a quick, quick favorite of many yeah, Halo Fire was really nice, and they, I'm, they started out with just James playing it and singing stuff like that. This this Halo on Fire and stuff like that, and that that was pretty nice to see in that. And during that time, Rob went down and got another bass because um, I don't know he had he changed his bass guitar, and then I got another high five from him, and that was he only high fived me that that time. Right. He didn't give give out, give out any other high fives, and they went into Halo on Fire, and that's a pretty heavy song with a lot of it's like got a lot of harmony to it as well because like with the guitars and stuff playing all that harmony the um, cover slot the rotating cover slot followed and yeah. you got uh, the budgie classic bread fan yeah. budgie classic bread fan i mean um i really like bread fan it's a I remember uh, it's a. Uh, they played it really good that time. Uh, they had fun with it, and he just screamed out "bread fan," and Jenny went. They went straight into it, and it's a hard song to sing along with because the the lyrics are so fast in it. It's like a rap song almost with a "bread fan," open up mm-hmm. your mind, open. It's like it's kind of skip yeah. skipping a lot of yeah, and it's um. 
I forgot what to say. I mean, one of my friends that I that's in my band, he really enjoys Breadfan. He thinks it's a great song. And when I told him that they play Breadfan, he was like, "Man, I should have been there. I should have. I would really got into that." And it was really nice that they played Breadfan, and then went into Fuel because they played like they played Breadfan and then Fuel back to back. And he just screamed, "Give me Fuel, give me Fire!" And then he went straight into it. And that was super cool that they played Fuel as well after that. Fuel is just, yeah, live is a different it's prospect, a, yeah. So yeah, it's fucking amazing that they played Fuel. And I mean, I'm so happy they did that. I mean, the set list was really good. I'm looking at it right now. and Yeah, yeah, it really was. It really was. Into Sad But True, which is, you know, tri- tried and tested. Or Sad But True, but Moth is a really good song and then into sad but true and i'm i remember particularly like the whole crowd was just so alive during sad but true i mean everyone was chanting and doing saying hey and stuff like that and oh yeah it was so cool being there a part of like sad but true and that was really amazing and i got chills when they went into one because i mean one one of their best songs they ever done and one of their most popular and yeah. Really, yeah. Really one, one, one of their real, I think, Stone Cold classics. Um, yeah, undeniably. Absolutely. You know, masterpiece. Yeah, they, yeah the, the Sad but True and One, and then Master of Puppets. Like the, those three oh are. Oh my god! Really, really they fucking just awesome. Off. Yeah, yeah. The, and Big they quality. played yeah eighteen songs in total, and I think that's pretty good. I mean, yeah, for their age and stuff like that. But the long and shows, then, two and a bit hours. You know. Yeah, it was two hours more. I don't know. Mm. It was really long and i remember standing there my i was so sweaty and my voice was so it was shot out and i could not sing but i kept on singing and i kept on headbanging and i kept on jumping and i remember almost jumping on uh, there was a girl behind me she was a lot shorter than i am and i remember jumping up during like fuel and stuff like that and i landed on her toes and i mean <laughs> but whatever i mean yeah. it's a it's, it's metal good. man yeah, it's yeah. metal, man. Good fun. It was, and it was really nice being up front there and seeing, like, getting eye contact with James when he was playing his riffs and he was looking at me and it was singing. And it felt like I was the only one there for, like, a few seconds there during all those songs, especially during, like, Master of Puppets. That was so amazing, seeing him and being there. Mm. Yeah. And we got to the encore, the final three songs. Fight, yeah, fight fire with fire was there. Yeah, that yeah. was. I mean, I I was hoping for spit out the bone, but mm. they they're doing their thing. Like when they switch out, uh, spit out the bone to fight fire with fire a few times. Like they switched it out. If they play two songs in them, um, I think they, if they play two two sets in one town, they switch out spit out the bone because they don't want to play it too much live. They just want to keep it like a special song. Yeah. And I mean. They played it on the sat on the on the Saturday show, and I mean, I missed that. One of my friends was the, was there, and he got to hear "Spit Out the Bone" live. But I mean, and he got "Creeping Death" as well instead of. Um, I think instead of, uh, I don't know what was it. I can't remember what they played instead, but I mean, he got "Spit Out the Bone," but I got "Fight Fire with Fire," and that was pretty cool because they had a pyrotechnics and stuff like that, and doing. It's a cool song that they still are able to play a, such a fast and such a thrashy song at this age and stuff like that and keep getting it out sometimes and dusting it off and playing it again it's really cool it's really cool 
And then we got the final double punch that they seem to be doing, you know, always no. of late. Of yeah. uh, nothing else matters into end of summer. Yeah, uh, I was. I mean, I don't. I don't think they have gone a single show without playing those two songs. I mean, they have to. It's a. It's a. It's a staple. It's a live staple that they have to play. They have to play nothing else matters than Enter Sandman. And I mean, that's cool. I mean, I have list, heard the song so many times, and I enjoy a lot of. I, I enjoy other songs better than those two, but I mean they're great. And uh, hearing them live was just so cool. Being there and hearing nothing else matters live and people singing with you and stuff like that. They toned it down quite a lot there. Yeah, sounds yeah. sounds amazing. Man. I need to check out some clips of this show. Yeah, they they released and they they played the the doodle. They played Dancing Queen like they do. Ah, of course, yeah. Yeah, we forgot about that, but. They do. They're doing that. Rob and Kirk doing their thing, like doing a, uh, do, paying homage to, sure. yeah, yeah, to the counter that they're in and being there. And I remember looking at a few interviews with like a Kirk with a Kirk Hammett, and he said, he said that he enjoyed playing in Sweden because we're like a heavy metal country and we play, we we have a lot of good music out of it. And he enjoys playing here because I mean the crowd is always pretty good. And I mean. It was. It was a great show, and I in, now, in re- retrospect, I can't really believe that it actually happened, and that's the strangest thing about it. Like, I can't believe that I that I was there and I was right there doing my thing and l- looking at Metallica and listening to them where they play their songs live, and I had a lot of energy. And James' voice was fucking amazing, and it was. <sighs> Such a great experience, man. Um, I I couldn't I couldn't sleep at all that night. I was just so hyped up, and I had so much adrenaline going through my body, and just realizing that I actually had seen Metallica live. And Lars made a statement that they might return to Sweden pretty soon, actually, oh. like next year. And I hope they do because then I will totally get go there and just see them live again. Because I mean, I've been there once, but I have to go again. There's like no way that I just can't I can't settle with just seeing them once they I have to enjoy it while they still play as much as they do and um, I guess finally man uh, is there anything you'd like to promo I know you mentioned your band last time you were here yeah I mean it's still my band we're looking to record an album pretty soon uh, we bought an interface and we're gonna re- record an album soon so hopefully we'll get that out as soon as possible but still I would just want to promote my band. That's all. Of course, man. Of course. Well, uh, you know, thank you for coming on. If anyone listening was at the concert, uh, leave a comment. Let us know how you enjoyed it as well. Also, check yeah. out the clips of the concert. Um, subscribe to Alf Metallica. Get in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. Subscribe to our Patreon as well. If you want to help to support the show, give back and get access to loads of content before it comes out on the channel. But uh, Emil, it's been a pleasure as always, man. Thank you, bro. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Tom. Have a good one.